0: What's up y'all? Welcome to another episode of Hawks Under Hardwood, part of the Trackstar Sports Network. This is your host Jay Jock. So, if you haven't noticed, it's been a really eventful week for the Hawks. We added some more staff. We, of course, we played much better in Vegas during the summer league, and we've also added a player. That player being Jeremy Lin. So there's been a lot of buzz going around um, the Atlanta Hawks community. Um, Needless to say, I have a lot that I'm going to talk about this week, a lot that I can touch upon. Um, I'm going to focus more on the two staff acquisitions and that very popular player, Jeremy Lin, who's going to be coming on to the team I'm going to also kind of break down the info and tell you kind of how they're just kind of related to one another. So bear with me. It's going to be a little bit longer of an episode, but trust me, it's going to be worth it. But first, let me tell you about a great app for your podcasts. It's called the Podcast Republic app. It allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android devices. You can search for the podcast you want to listen to, select them as favorites, and have them just a click away. So make sure you download this app right away. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app available on your Android devices. So go do that. But first, let's get into this episode. All right, so first, let's talk about this first staff acquisition. So I know there's a lot of people that talk about um, our GM, Travis Schlenk. He's trying to make um, Atlanta into... Basically a carbon copy of the Golden State Warriors. Now, Travis Schlenk, if you don't already know, he was the assistant GM of Golden State before he came on to Atlanta. And it seems to be that he's following um, the blueprint of Golden State on how they were successful. Well, it's very interesting because we just hired the athletic trainer from Golden State, her name is Chelsea Lane. Now I know a lot of people may be thinking, well, who cares, it's just an an athletic trainer. Well, hold on real quick. Apparently this lady is like some kind of wonder woman or savant in rehabbing players. So Warriors and their fans, they really, really love this lady. We know that Steph, KD, and Clay they dealt with injuries last year. So did Draymond and um, Iggy. Apparently, she was extremely good at her job and got them back on the court sooner than expected and ready to play. And not only ready to play, but play very well. So she's almost almost like a mini celebrity in um, Oakland, in the Golden State area. So... To me, that's really telling. It's really interesting. Here's what Monty Poole wrote concerning her departure from the Warriors. He wrote this on NBC Sports. He said, Lane's official title was head of physical performance and sports medicine. She was all of that and more. The players revered her because she was equal parts doctor, nurse, psychologist, and comedian. She treated both body and mind. Marcus Thompson of The Athletic called her one of Golden State's secret weapons. And I actually heard this quite a bit when I was um, doing some reading up on Chelsea Lane. A lot of people called her Golden State's secret weapon or seen that come up more than once. So in my opinion, if Golden State has a secret weapon, I'm glad she's coming to the Atlanta Hawks. Like I said, the players loved her. Here's another um, article in The Athletic real quick um, where Andre Iguodala's, um he's just... Talking about her, he says this She's like a shrink to us, for real. And that isn't her job description either, but she sees how regularly we are dehumanized. People don't even see us as a human. They see us as machines. Our bodies no longer belong to us and there is disregard for our emotions, our feelings, our desires, but she knows how wrong that is and the effect it has on us. It's rare for a player to confide in a team employee, but she knows NBA players deal with stress few others do. She's like real family to me. Wow. So to me, that statement is very pertinent. What Iguodala seems to be saying is that a lot of people, um, I'm, I'm guessing like people that are running the Golden State organization, but of course also fans, see NBA players more like commodities and not humans. They see them as what he calls machines. They don't really understand that they are people. To me, that's very pertinent. And I'm gonna get back on why, to me that's important information. But before I touch on that, I'm going to move ahead real quick to the other staff acquisition, okay? So, the other stack acquisition is also somebody from Golden State. But before I reveal who it is, I just want to um, let you in the mind of many Hawks fans. So, this is how a debate usually goes between, well, oftentimes goes between Hawks fans in the Hawks community. Um, You probably already know this if you're a Hawks fan, and if you're listening to this, you are either interested in being a Hawks fan, or you just wanna know what's going on with the Hawks, or of course you are a Hawks fan. But this is what usually happens, in many cases, at least. Somebody probably does not agree with Travis Schlank. And his decision to do a certain thing. And then another person, of course, agrees. And there's a debate that goes on. What a person that agrees with Travis Schlenk will usually inevitably say, well, look at Travis Schlenk's resume. He was the assistant GM at Golden State. So just trust the guy. He did great at Golden State. Look at the Warriors now. Calm down. We don't know everything. Trust Travis Schlenk. And then the person that does not agree with what Schlenk does will inevitably say, well, he was assistant GM at Golden State. He was not the head GM. He wasn't the actual general manager. That was Larry Riley. We don't know how much pull Travis Schlenk had in making those decisions in Golden State. We don't know if Travis Schlenk really had any really powerful pull in order to make that team in Golden State what they are now. So give credit where credit's due. Don't give it to Travis Schlenk. Give it to Larry Riley. Larry Riley is the one that drafted Steph Curry. Larry Riley is the one that drafted Klay Thompson. We don't know if Schlenk really wanted to draft those players too. Well, I'm happy to say that Larry Riley is the new staff acquisition at the Atlanta Hawks so Larry Riley will now be the special advisor to Travis Schlenk yes the guy that drafted Steph Curry the guy that drafted Klay Thompson the guy who did a very good job with um, the trade where he traded to get Bogut and he traded to get Stephen Jackson got rid of Monte Ellis and a few other players and really just formed the team into being dominant the dominant force it is now. Travis Schlenk, I think, still had a lot to do with that, but now we have both in the Atlanta Hawks front office. So, that is very good news. Um, Just for your information, I mentioned, okay, you know, he drafted Larry Riley, was credited for drafting Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. Who drafted Draymond Green? Because he also turned out good, and he was a second-round pick. That from all of my understanding and my research was actually always credited pretty much to Travis Schlenk. That was that was Schlenk's guy. Um, so yes, right now, as of now, we have some really good talent evaluators. We have the special advisor who is giving credit to drafting Steph and Clay and our GM was giving credit to be the one that wanted to draft Draymond Green. So that's really cool. Another really interesting thing, if you haven't made the connection, is, you know, Steph's little daughter that he sometimes lets sit on his lap during press conferences. You remember her name? That's right. Her name is Riley. And no coincidence, according to AmicoHoops.net. Steph named his daughter after the man who believed in him enough to bring him into the NBA, Larry Riley. So, pretty cool. Pretty cool information. Now the moment that y'all have been waiting for. I'm gonna take a little pause real quick and we're going to talk about Jeremy Lin. All right, so Jeremy Lin. Now I think it's very interesting that the first thing that happens after Larry Riley is hired on as um, Schlenk's special advisor is that we, we trade to get Jeremy Lin. Now, if you don't know already, Jeremy Lin, he started his NBA career with, you guessed it, the Golden State Warriors. And Larry Riley was the one that let him sign his first contract to come into the NBA. Schlenk was also involved. Not only that, but guess who else was on staff in Golden State? Coach Pierce. So our new head coach, our GM, and our special advisor are very well acquainted with Jeremy Lin as a player and as a person. I think this is something that, that's very interesting. Now, here are the details of the trade, okay? So Atlanta is sending a 2020 second round pick and writes to Isaiah Cornier. If you don't remember that name, um, he was drafted in the second round um, when we drafted Benbury, but he hasn't seen any playing time. I believe he's in France right now. Well, they're getting sent to Brooklyn Atlanta receives Lynn, of course, a 2025 second-round pick and the rights to swap a second-round pick in 2023. Mm -hmm. Now, we have to absorb Lynn's Lynn's contract, which is $12.5 million. um, That contract expires next year. And Lynn does get a trade kicker, which boosts it up to $13.8 million. Now, we don't pay the trade kicker. However it does affect our cap still. So it goes against Atlanta's cap. And this is why um, some people, they do actually have um, problems with this trade. It's not, at least it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be because we don't value Lynn. Um, Lynn is, he's an upgrade from Schroeder, definitely. The thing is, is the cap. Now I'm gonna get into that issue later. But right now, if you think on one hand, what's really not to like about this trade, is extremely low risk. We gave up nearly nothing for it and we got a starting caliber point guard in the process. Now we do have a logjam in his position now, but if you remember, Schroeder expressed that he wants out of Atlanta a few months ago. Now his pe- pending felony case is, is making it harder to actually unload Schroeder. But despite what Schlenk says, I'm pretty sure that we're trying to get rid of Schroeder. And um despite what he says, I'm pretty sure that this Jeremy Lynn acquisition is the writing on the wall that, that shooter is gonna be gone very soon. Also, to me, I think it's, it's really good that we got Chelsea Lane right now because Lynn he's, of course he's dealing with that injury that ended his um, season last season. So having Chelsea Lane come in, who is supposed to be like this savant, Hopefully she can get Lynn to a point that others couldn't get him to, and we can see more of the old Jeremy Lynn in Atlanta, more so than we would have seen if he stayed in Brooklyn or went to another team. So I think that's great. Now, I just said that Schroeder is not as good as Lynn, and I know some people might give me some pushback on that. So let me compare the two, okay? So, of course, Schroeder was supposed to take over as our main offensive threat last year because we didn't really have anybody. John Collins was, you know, he was rough around the edges because he was a rookie. He wasn't expected to carry the load offensively. That was Schroeder's job. He got us 19 points per game on 48% from the field, and he shot 29% from three. So there's that, 29% from three. That's not very good. But 48% from the field, that's decent. Lynn... On the other hand, before he was injured, he had to share scoring duties with Brooke Lopez, and he was in um, Brooklyn before the injury. I'm not going to go over um, last season because, you know, Lynn did play, but the year prior, he got 15 points per game while scoring again 48% from, from two point range, so the same as Schroeder, but he shot much better at three than Dennis at 37%. So he's shooting very well. He's shooting pretty well from the three-point. We need to space out the floor, especially since we've seen and we've talked about this before, we need shooters on the floor because if not, it seems like people want to double-team Trey. I'm saying that can't happen in the NBA and it can't if we have Jeremy Lin and we have Herder and we have other people that can shoot on the floor. Okay, so that's good that we have Lynn. Dennis got a six assists per game. Lin got five. But Dennis also averaged about half a turnover more. So it's really just nitpicking. They really they averaged about the same as an assist. They just did. It was pretty very even. So here comes the intangibles. Is Dennis Schroeder good at defense? No. <laughs> As Hawks fans, we know he's not very good at defense. He doesn't give very much effort, it seems, in there. He's a hard worker in general, but we just know he's not very good at defense. Well, is Lynn? Yes, he is, actually. I know it is the beginning of Lynn's sanity when he was in New York. He got some criticism on not being good at defense. However, after being mentored by Kobe Bryant, it was expressly stated that Kobe wanted to make Lynn a defensive threat, and it seemed to work out. I don't think it's questionable that Jeremy Lin is a better defender than, um, than Schroeder. When Lin left Charlotte, um, Coach Clifford, he stated in an interview with um, with one of the reporters for the Charlotte Observer, um, Rick Bonnell, that out of all of the free agents to leave, he's going to miss Lin the most because of his defense. He stated that Lin is very underrated in his defensive abilities. So, in my opinion... Um, Lynn and Schroeder, they have very similar games because they're both, they, they're they very quick. They're explosive. Lynn is going to have a little bit less of that probably because of this injury, but they play very similar. But the honest truth is if Lynn comes close to where he was before, then he's a better player than Schroeder. He's just a more rounded player. And to me, the most glaringly overlooked, overlooked and underappreciated tangible intangible sorry is that jeremy lynn is known to be an extremely good locker room guy a great leader and a very hard worker he's going to be someone that's going to take trey under his wing mentor him and on and off the court i think this is going to be the x factor this is what we have to really kind of pay attention to and i'm going to explain later why the intangible of locker room presence and leadership of Jeremy Lin is very important. Now, I understand and I also mentioned that I do think Dennis Schroeder is a hard worker too, but his actions lately question his leadership. His pending felony case, which was caught on camera, so there's that. His obvious Twitter beef with his teammates that he's had um, recently after saying he wanted to be out of Atlanta, some of the, um, his attitude kind of attests to his lack of leadership ability or that's the way it seems. Jeremy Lin has none of this. Everything he does actually seems the opposite. Lin seems like a bona fide leader. Now, if we do decide to keep Dennis and we don't, we don't ship him out, that's not a big deal either. That's not a big deal either because, I mean, Lin can play the two. He did this in Charlotte alongside Kemba Walker. And before his injury, the plan was for him to share the backcourt with, you know, his fellow point guard, D'Angelo Russell. Now, I wouldn't want this to be a long term thing unless it somehow works out to where it should be a long term thing. And it might. It might. But hey, I mean, having Dennis, Trey and Lynn, it's not. It's not that bad. It's not It's not too much of a logjam. I think we can make it work. So really, what's to lose here? If Lin doesn't really perform as well because of his injury, we we're, what's going to happen? We're going to lose games. But we're trying to rebuild through the draft, so that's just going to lead to a higher pick. Lynn's, of course, is going to bring excitement. He's going to bring new fans, regardless if he performs less than expected or if he does better he's still going to bring the fan base up and he's gonna make for an exciting team. We also get a seemingly great mentor for Trey. And when it comes down to it, it's low risk because it's an expiring contract. Yes, we have the extra 13, um, little over 13 on our cap now, but it goes away after this year. So replacing Schroeder with Lynn or just grabbing Lynn in general, it makes sense to me, but and here's the but this is the issue so remember i said people might have issue with the cap space and i said yes lynn is a very valuable player but right now we are a team rebuilding through the draft and this deal runs counter to to a team that is rebuilding in this way. It just does. Because right now we don't need an upgrade in point guard. We just need cap space and draft picks. So what's frustrating for some fans is that this deal opened up Brooklyn's ability to absorb Fareed and Arthur's contract. And when they did that, their deal also got them a protected first round and second round pick. The thing is, as Atlanta we wanted that we wanted those picks. We didn't necessarily want to become better in the point guard position, Well, a lot of people didn't at least. And not only that is Travis Schlenk, our GM. That's pretty much what he promised us. He promised us that we would use our coveted cap space because we had we were one of the few teams that had really good cap space and we were going to use that cap space to obtain draft picks. And those draft picks it's like gold to us right now. We need draft picks. We don't necessarily need to be a better player. So short, short term, yes. The Lin. Everybody would agree short term that the Lynn um, acquisition is an upgrade. However, a lot of Hawks fans are looking at the long term and saying this does not make any sense. Because we could have used that cap space to get draft picks. And now... Now that we have Lynn under contract, our cap space is much less and we're not in the enviable position in regards to cap space anymore. And we gave up that cap space and still didn't get what we really, really wanted, those draft picks. So for all my Lynn fans that are listening to the podcast, don't get mad or frustrated at Hawks fans for the most part, I mean, you can fill out the situation. But if they're kind of upset with this, it's not that they don't value Lin. we should know. Most people, they should know that Lin is a better player than Schroeder. Some people might value Schroeder way more and undervalue Lynn, but they should know that. The problem is not that we don't like Lin. I love Lynn, honestly. The problem is this seems to be a horrible time to upgrade our point guard, and you have to try to understand that, okay? Now, here is the thing, okay? I mean, a lot of people are really upset because they wanted that um, that Fareed and um, that Arthur um, contracts, and we more than that, we wanted those draft acquisitions that came from... Denver. The thing is, is we don't know if that was ever on the table for Atlanta. So for us to get mad that we didn't get the same deal that that, um, Brooklyn got, we can't be too upset because we don't know if that deal was offered to us. And also, also, maybe Schlenk didn't want, you know, Kenneth Fareed and um, the rail author. Maybe he didn't want them to cut into John Collins and our new big man Omari Spellman's playing time. They need to develop. We have to develop those players. Maybe he didn't want that right now. That makes sense. But to me, going back to the X Factor, I think this is why we got Jeremy Lynn. I think this is the reason. We passed up on draft picks and thought this was more important than the draft pick. So like I said, Pierce was on the coaching staff in Golden State with Lynn. Riley and Schlant gave him his first contract. They're very well acquainted with Lynn. Not just as a player, but as a person. Now, I think they targeted Lynn outright because they saw that Trey, Trey Young, our go-to guy, he's going to be supposedly our franchise player. And the first franchise player we've had, the first marketable franchise player we've had in decades and decades and decades. They saw that he needed to mature. He needed a seasoned and mature vet to take him under his wing. Now, play-wise, Trey is a tremendous talent, but I think we all can agree that he needs someone to help him play a little bit more balanced and, let's say, mature on the court. Off the court, Trey is, I mean, he's a kid. He's 19 years old. He's from a small town in Oklahoma, and now he's coming into Atlanta where, honestly, I mean, if you know about Atlanta, the nightlife will eat you alive. He has tons of money and lots of temptations. Trey Young is a kid. Jeremy Lin can be a good influence here also because, I mean, character-wise, he is the cream of the crop, um, supposedly, in the NBA. Um, But also, on the court, Lin seems to be somebody that really wants to give back. So this is what um, Jeremy Lin said about his role in Brooklyn while he was injured. He said this. I want to see young guys do well, said Lin who plans to stay in their ears. I guess I'll just talk until Kenny tells me to shut up. I'm learning so much just the first few games playing with these guys. So basically, everything I've learned about each player and how I feel the game should be controlled or how we run different things, I'm going to try to give as much as I can to whoever is controlling the ball or is in charge at that moment. I think it's important for veterans to always continue to talk. So Jeremy Lin, He is saying he wants to take these people as a vet, these younger people on Brooklyn, since he's a vet, and really help them develop their game. I think Schlenk, Pierce, and Riley, they know that this is the type of player that Lynn is, and they see that Trey might need that. Sean Marks said this about Lynn also. He said, we've got young players. He, um, talking about Lynn, he's definitely the leader of that clubhouse. With his work ethic and the stuff he does in there, he's tremendous. The guy's in the gym every single day pushing it. So he's some guy our young guys look to and they go, wow, that's impressive. So the young guys look to Jeremy Lynn and they're very impressed with his work ethic. And, of course, we know about Jeremy Lin off the court. He does a lot of um, philanthropy. He owns a basketball clinic in China where he's trying to help kids um, not only learn more about basketball, but he's very specific that he wants them to change their character and their mindset for life, to impact their lives, to be better people, um, but also be great basketball players. He has the Jeremy Lin Foundation um, where the website states it's goal of the Jeremy Lynn Foundation is to love and serve children and youth by providing hope, empowerment, and leadership development. Now, I know a lot of athletes have ph- philanthropy. Um, I'm, I'm really not, this is not a philanthropy podcast, so I'm not trying to focus in and just say, well, Jeremy Lynn is a great person. That's not my purpose. My purpose is to say that Jeremy Lynn loves to give back to the youth, and he seems to be a natural leader that loves to give back to the youth. And we have a lot of youth. Now, going back, and I know a lot of people are saying, well, come on. What's all of this? But let me go back to Allah's statement about Chelsea, Chelsea Lane. You know, when he said, she sees how regularly we are dehumanized. People don't even see us as a human. They see us as machines, all of that stuff that Allah said. How... People oftentimes, even us fans, see NBA players as commodities. They don't have feelings, whatnot, whatnot. The point is, these players are not commodities or machines. They're humans with flaws, emotions, and needs. We have plenty of youth on this team. That 19-year-old kid from Oklahoma who just got catapulted into fame with immense pressure in a big city he might need somebody like Jeremy Lin to help him out. And the thing is, is we're not in the front office to know all of these situations. To me, yes, this is a basketball move in the fact that we're not investing into more draft picks. We're investing into our current draft picks. We're letting somebody invest in them to build them up. Maybe even keep them out of trouble. I don't know, but definitely teach them about how to be a player in the NBA and be a good and successful player everything points that Jeremy Lin is like the quintessential epitome of that in an NBA point guard I think Riley knew this I think Pierce knew this I think Schlenk knew this that's why I am I'm cool I'm pretty cool with this um, actually I'm very happy I like Jeremy Lin. So I'm glad that he's coming on as an Atlanta Hawk. And I think if you can kind of get your mind wrapped around the fact that these players are not commodities and kind of get into that Chelsea Lane mindset as a fan. I mean, there's a reason why she was their secret weapon. She was able to interact and understand that they're they're people, not players. Seems like Schlenk and Riley, and um, hopefully, and Coach Pierce also, they understand that same thing, that they're just not machines, that they have emotions. They need to be cultivated. And since Chelsea Lane understood that and was called the secret weapon, hey, I'm cool with them making this move and bringing Jeremy Lin on board to not only make us a better team because he is an upgrade from Schroeder, but also, hopefully, do a good job being a mentor. He has a lot of experience being mentored from the greats. He was mentored by Kobe Bryant, mentored by Jason Kidd, Steve Nash um, mentored him. He knows how to mentor, plus, he just seems to be a natural leader in the first place. So cool. That's all I have to say about that. One last thing, because I said I was going to mention the summer league and Trey and Trey Young's inability to score because so many people were tripping the fact that he wasn't doing good in the Utah Summer League all I really have to say is I told you so <laughs> not to worry yes Trey Young his, his shots are still not at a percentage that we want it but even he acknowledged that he's going to continue to get better you see his improvement in every single game he's going to continue to get better and continue to get better I'm still happy with the Trey Young pick I'm also happy with the Jeremy Lin. I'm happy with the staff acquisitions. I think it's a pretty good time to be a Hawks fan, a rebuilding process. And this time we're rebuilding and it seems like for now we're going in the right direction. So that's all I have to say. Once again, my name is Jay Jock and this was the Hawks on the Hardwood podcast. If you want to hit me up on social media, hit me up on Instagram or Twitter. That is I am Jock. that's I A M. J-A-E-J-O-C. That's my handle. Hit me up, we could talk sports. You disagree? That's cool. If you agree, that's cool too. Let's discuss it and agree together. But this was the Hawks on the Hardwood podcast brought to you by Trackstar Sports and I'm out. I'll talk to y'all next week.